OTB Rugby. And uh, if everyone in Ireland's a wee bit worried, well, you've got yourselves to blame because it's your fault because it's what you did to them uh, in July last year that poked the bear properly. You know that. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is with just like that intensity. Yeah, so the if you're doing the performance rankings, uh, Colin will say, okay, you just this is what it'll likely entail. Dan is notoriously um, hostile to other sports, so he's in the hot that's, seat That's today. not remotely it true, actually to be is. clear. It's not remotely notoriously true. hostile. Dan, no, no, where are we starting here? No, well, uh, I'm going to start with football. <laughs> Speaking of hostility. Um, uh, how many football slots are there now? Okay, no, I mean, I really enjoy golf and, and horse racing and other sports, Jamie, as you know. Um, Aviva Stadium friendlies, yeah. Well, look, I was writing about this last week. I mean, and this was... Um, a reference to Manchester United in Dublin at the weekend. We see some like nice pictures there of players. And look, it's a personal taste. This isn't one of these things of telling people um, how to live their lives. Like People can choose to spend their money as they want and it's not one of these um, up on the sort of, uh, you know, giving a sermon about what people should do. It's not one of those. I actually think like it's, 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 it's actually for some of those people, it must have been a very deeply frustrating experience on Saturday lunchtime when you see the team news coming through from Old Trafford and uh, Manchester United have, are playing a full-strength team or close to a full-strength team in their, in their game there. And you know then that the team that's coming to Dublin is... Um, is not going to be the strongest one. How much uh, were the tickets for the Viva I think, Stadium? Well, I think it was upwards of sort of, I mean, 75 euro. You, you hear people talking about 110, that was premium. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously different tiered prices and, you know, kids' tickets would be different prices. Now, these sold out within 10 minutes, this game. I mean, like, this is the, obviously the deep love and sort of passion that there is for Manchester United in Dublin, that they can sell it out. I mean, there's there's all sorts of football games in Yaviva that would be d- delighted that 40,000 people would go. And, like, this is the first time here since 2017 um, and I understand it and, and a lot of people would have bought those tickets on the basis of it being you know you can imagine that the conversations people would have you know or like parents with their kids and it's not just parents with their kids it's just it's the one sometimes you kids go to kids with their parents yeah but it's an element of well you know will I see Bruno or will I see Rashford or will I see whoever um, and look I mean uh, there's no suggestion that like Eric you know Ten Hag and should be it's not a case of saying oh well that's a disgrace I mean it, they're just doing their job mm. the issue is the terms and conditions for the whole uh, occasion like the FBI are arranging these games they're, they're completely free hit for them in the sense they got a flat fee for hosting it the organisers bringing together the teams um, and clearly in some cases for these friendlies I remember in the past Barcelona coming here there was a bit of a discussion about you know trying to get people would try and get terms and conditions in these friendlies that Messi has to play or you know X amount of players have to play clearly there's no such terms and conditions here and like I know from the perspective of even and no one cares about the press the press perspective but you see the, the email coming out you know apply for accreditation for this game just note there will be no post-match press conference afterwards and you're just looking at this going these are just getting in and they're getting out and there's no terms and conditions at all there's no obligation and there's a sense of the, the, the power of the name will mean that it will sell mm. and that's it and it turned out that the tickets for the game in Old Trafford on Saturday were certainly 
20% cheaper I think or certainly considerably cheaper I actually spoke to um, David Snade the weekend who's obviously you know with strong Manchester United connections he spoke about a friend of his from, from Ireland who actually flew over to the game in Manchester and all things considered it would have been cheaper to do that trip than it would be for a lot of people particularly coming from outside Dublin to come to this it's game so as we know yeah, not going yeah. into the cost of living stuff well, I and you get yeah. there and look you can't maybe, maybe there's loads of people out there who went who'll say no we enjoyed our day it was a good time and we were around fellow fans and you know got some nice photographs and, and you know there was that's fine but like these occasions never live up to it like, mm. every time I see a pre-season friendly arranged in Dublin I'm thinking well I need to figure out how not to go to that <laughs> because that's, that's not going to be uh, it's not going to live up to the billing but naturally every time it's not sold to people in that way was it the and they, they empty their pockets on a half truth you know and there's a lot of a lot of unhappiness out there and while technically no lies were told you know again they have no obligation but clearly like it's been booked on the basis of just bring a team it'll sell anyway and it did was but it the, I think it's very unsatisfying Was it the Amstel tournament all those years ago when Derry City were playing and there were like um, Newcastle United came over um, and they had they ran a little went for a couple of years and I organised a bus from Galway to go up because I was getting into League of Ireland at the time and I wanted to go up and see Derry City but everyone else can up see Newcastle or Celtic or all these teams and um that was nowhere near sold out at the time but this I got like loads of demands for people who yeah. wanted tickets last week mm. and as did Dan actually and I was like I didn't realise I, I wasn't even aware of the friendly itself but then I was like there are, there's still a massive Man United support in Ireland that want to see them and like back in the day I would have been I would mean like I follow your League of Ireland team but like it's each to their own if you want to go up and mm. see them and I actually did feel a bit sorry for like do, a kid yeah. who wants to see Man United and like he's built up to the day and then you just see everyone booing Harry Maguire yeah it's huge like I got back into Houston uh, at about six o'clock Sunday evening and when I was walking out it was just a sea of Manchester United jerseys going mm. back to counties not from Dublin basically mm. all families ranging from all age groups all almost all of them too had the new jersey which I thought was striking it was like wow. the amount of money that this club accumulates and so it is it's a debate right down the middle because United don't owe anyone anything you could argue right so they played Lawns at Old Trafford on Saturday and you look at the starting 11 there and it was ominous for the following day because it's a really strong team like yeah. like that start, that starting team that played against Lawns in a 3-1 win could very feasibly be a team that United would put against Man City in the Manchester Derby mm. so that was that looked bad like straight away and then they go the next day and they get this massive money making operation because they're uh, commercial Colossus United they've been doing this for 20 plus years they're way ahead of like if you look at the 90s look at Anfield was basically dilapidated in comparison to Old Trafford and the work that they did like there's that famous game um, in was it October 95 it was Cantona's first game back yeah, when Fowler scored all, twice yeah. and uh, the stands there reconstructed yeah that's right and so it looked terrible at the time but it was all like oh, think about the long but term since the Glazers come in they've really maximised their commercial yeah value. but even before that like yeah. under the previous regime it was like this the stadium was incredible and now United have actually fallen behind mm-hmm. in terms of the stadium but the commercial enterprise just grew and grew and grew mm-hmm. remember after the treble they released Beyond the Promised Land I think was the video which was like it went huge like people bought that everywhere so you, you fast forward to the modern day and like you said Johnny like each to their own and United have an absolutely massive support and you say you get the average kid saying to their parents I really want to go bring me to this match and there was still one or two stars that played so the picture that we showed on screen was Jaden Sancho getting a selfie you know 
one of the more expensive players the last few years. So that's another that's the star that's yeah. there. And they have so many stars in the team, as in stars that kids will like, that it was probably justified to a lot of kids leaving the Aviva yesterday thinking, thank you so much for bringing me. But then the rest of us are looking at it from a footballing perspective. It was like, what was that all about? They had basically uh, a festival of football over the weekend where their headline act was on Saturday. Yeah, USA at the World Cup, Dan, uh, is next. Yeah, well, they're out. Um, they... I. Just never got going for them. No, I mean it was striking. I was looking before that game against Sweden on 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 at the weekend, and even just like the even some of the betting markets and stuff, it was clear it was going to be a low scoring game. There was an anticipation that this was going to be a bit of a slog, and part of that is maybe on account of Sweden's reputation as much as anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they. There's, there's this sort of litany of shocks in the World Cup I mean England probably you know were, were sort of one penalty kick away from being in here too because they they really left it late against Nigeria in the sense of I mean not left it late I mean they won on penalties but I mean they were hanging on an extra time um, with 10 players on the pitch and they could have been gone too and the whole competition seems to be opening up to the point where like I think you know Spain are the second favourites having like basically left 12 players at home um, due to a dispute coming up to the competition so it's all falling apart and USA are sort of like you know the traditional power that you think okay they're going to take control of the situation and they're just gone their earliest exit round of 16 on penalties a lot of people may have seen the penalty kick incident where the ball sort of did across the line the, the, the power of technology can you explain it well it was the last penalty kick for the Swedish player and uh, look at that it's, it's yeah, there's there, the, the ball just just over the line and, and the you cannot be of, serious like. the goalkeeper pushed it up and it's actually you need to watch it a couple of times to get a sense on what happened um, and the player didn't even seem particularly sure that they'd scored this momentous like this is your David O'Leary moment here or something um, not quite maybe on that scale Sweden are a top team but like it's a, still a momentous thing to knock America out of the World Cup and you have this agonising delay while you wait for it to happen uh, and then it happens <laughs> you know was well, it the most underwhelming uh, celebration of a momentous achievement in the history of anything you because you have to uh, wait so long it, it is and it re- in, in live play as well it really looked like the keeper saved it yeah like it really did like so I understand the delay by everyone you mentioned David O'Leary um, Stephen McGuinness had his 50th birthday celebration the other night to ex-PFAI head Charlie O'Leary was at it what current, a man. current PFAI head oh, current PFAI. Let's, not Sorry. let's not retire him um, Charlie O'Leary Charlie O'Leary was there he was yeah he's Charlie now oh God, he's, he's pushing close to 100 territory he lives in Dublin 9 as well or that neck of the woods who doesn't he's Great one of our neighbours I yeah. think or bet you Charlie doesn't disown it though like. or he's maybe Dublin 5 but he's, he's nearby yeah. but um, yeah like he uh, he was there yeah I mean it's, it's a slight tangent but he is uh, an incredible incredibly powerful football figure um, and he's still still going strong unlike the American women at the World oh, Cup nice. Oh, nice, nice, nice. See, see, see he was thinking how am I going to bring this back yeah. because of your tangent yeah. do you know what I mean but uh, and of course you know the American then like you know Megan Raffinoe missed a penalty and like D- Donald yeah. Trump's having a go you know their, their, their defeat is like a defeat a defeat for wokeness you know that they've gone out so um, <laughs> like just, just all what this, are we up uh, for Dan who are the neutrals in Ireland up for now well England? I don't know. I'd imagine this. We, we have this, you know, we, we should be mature as so a nation. They're watching Man United on We should Sunday. be mature as a nation, blah, blah, blah. But they're not up for England. Yeah, okay. You know, they're not up for England. The, um, Japan, Japan are sort of, um, Japan are up there. That's a story you could probably get behind, you know. Mm. Uh, it's like Jamaica and Colombia. Um, you have the sort of, uh, you know, the Colombian assassins, or are they, you know, who England played the winner of that game, so. Assassins? Um, 
Did you not follow the, the hold beforehand? Do you remember Denise O'Sullivan? Friendly that was called. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes. We yes, might yes. Uh, have a grudging respect for them, like yes. Netflix documentary well, style. Over yeah. time, we might yeah. have. Uh, you may realise though they weren't that bad at all. No, no, yeah, it wasn't yeah. so bad. But four penalties missed in a row in this shootout too, which is quite phenomenal. Before the winning kick, which was quite ambiguous. Um, America, also, America, of course, won the last two World Cups. Mm. Like so this is kind of just hasn't gotten this going. Is, well, this kind of the equivalent yeah. of like France uh, to 2002 World yeah. Cup. I know they've gone around further, America, but they were very inconvincing and they nearly went out in the group stage. Yeah, you were thinking, okay, they're going to get going. Um, they haven't. Arsenal are also here. No, this is the only. We're going into Amber and we're going to. Sorry, we're going into Irish rugby and, and Arsenal. Arsenal. So let's well, talk Dan. Let's talk rugby. Well, let's talk yeah. rugby. Um, I Dan loves rugby. I, oh, I just, yeah. Well, well, the one thing I do have an aversion to <laughs> is is placing too much importance in like warm up games and like I've mentioned Arsenal in here too because like what does the Community Shield win mean? It basically means nothing. Now, unfortunately, like you know, sports shows have to talk about them and find the meaning from them, and there will be new signings or new players or whatever it might be. But I mean, Arsenal won the Community Shield in twenty twenty. Arteta was nearly gone two months later around the time they were playing on the dock. I remember at the time it was like the feel good factor around Arsenal continues as they win the Community Shield, counted for nothing. Yeah, Leicester won it. Uh, a year later I mean I have to mention this beforehand because anyone remembers and in fairness the other staff in the show remembered who won the community shields I couldn't yeah. I looked up and I was like this has no bearing on anything so yeah I mean Arsenal it shows that they're in good health but I don't think Man City uh, are suddenly trembling because this new force like you know hit back against them uh, in, the, in the community shield with a load of extra time in it um, How is and the Irish rugby game again yeah. look I mean it's just to me I know people. This is like the odd, uh, you know, test matches and friendlies. But like, it's it's a war. It, the, the rugby World Cup friendlies are very much warm up matches, more so than any other. It seems to be avoiding injury as much as anything. And can you glean too much from them? Uh, so I wouldn't be putting anyone in green on the basis of their performance. We, yeah, I mean, it's, it's green, it's green for the result. Like 33-17 against the side that we only played a few months ago, so it wasn't that inspiring to play Italy again. Like It's the first match Ireland played since the 18th of March, but it's all crucial, it's all necessary to get some sort of have to play again, rhythm of going. But like yeah. we were saying before, and look, they're only playing three warm-up games officially now. They're against Portugal mm. this week in warm weather training, but that will be behind closed doors, extremely unofficial, Colombia style. But yeah, there's only three warm-ups, which is the first time since 2007. Every, every subsequent World Cup since then it's been four games but Andy Farrell um, had that put to him and he said look we don't need the games like this is all about training and this squad know each other so so well now so like look you one could probably hazard a guess at the 23 that will be in the first game like um, from the starters and the bench but it's probably more the periphery fig- peripheral figures and then also at the weekend, it just showcased how Caden Doris can really play across the back row. Like he was absolutely phenomenal at seven, scoring two tries. And was just he did, he did a burst in the second half. Like, the, the pace yeah, of this he's lad. I was like, but you have the Jack Conan thing. You have the Italian guy. I was like, how can you play these warm ups in rugby without having this massive, massive, massive risk of injury? Yeah. So it's a really, really t- tough one for Farrell because it's like. Doris played like how much did he play the game like he was and you're like why Why are we even risking these lads you see if you want, if you go out there with that mentality you will yeah. get injured yeah I know what you mean you know, and you have to have to play the warm up games mm. it's like any sport for, preparing for any major competition it's funny yesterday like Sam Ewing just back from injury breaks his leg basically a cork mm. and I say it to Danny Gilligan who's like basically in the same stable I was like you know you're you're the same age more or less as him as a little bit younger and um, you know you, you it must be in your head like that this can happen he goes oh it's not my head like you can't think like that you, you never yeah. think like that but um, yeah I saw the interview with Wesley Joyce the jockey over oh, the weekend yeah, like, that's a complete, complete and, tangent but like uh, jockey was in a very serious injury at the Galway races last year and uh, sort of a powerful interview that effectively like he's 
he sort of lost the full use of his yeah, voice. Yeah, so he speaks like he's kind of whispering, kind of. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing that he can even do that. But he's back. And he's back, back at it. So, like, um, he does, you know, you can't... From Moy Ross, like, the, the, his, his story's a movie, like, and, yeah. and he's the story isn't written yet. Um, but yeah. just, just come back to Arsenal, Declan Rice. So, I, how was he? He was he was good. He was good from what I saw. I know there was reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know Roy Keane's on about him not being worth it, and but I mean the problem with that is that no one is worth the money. Yeah, that, and the money's that the fees, relevant. like the you know the, the, the fees have gone the so crazy. The fees is one hundred and five million pounds. Who cares? If he stays at Arsenal for a yeah, decade, then it's cares? value for money because then yeah, season by no, season no. you break it down. Like, um, and I, it's so uninteresting the fee discussion, isn't it? Because I think we're way beyond that. Why, now. Why, why, it's just that they don't. Yeah. We're still. I think if people debate transfer fees. They recall what transfer fees were when like Andy Cole went for seven million. Or Roy Keane went for like three point six or whatever. Sky Sports news the other day and in the space of like a minute there was like there was the news and brief transfers and it was like a 22 million a 32 million and a 26 million like yeah. it did like 105 million is 20 million in sort of how we in yeah. an inflationary sort of way when know? Roy Keane moved to United for 3.75 million people are talking about bankers money Shearer to Newcastle 15 million was a world record crazy money like what's That's gone wrong same. with the game it, does, it doesn't matter the figures change but the, like the sentiment stays the same like people I, will always be outraged by big fees I, I, I actually kind of have sympathy for Roy Keane now at the moment because it's like are you are you Roy Keane or are you what people expect of Roy Keane because he says something about Declan Rice and I'm just like all my all my feed of media stuff for the weekend was like Roy Keane says something about Declan Rice I'm like how is this even a story like yeah, it, was, it was everywhere but it's his pull because so, it's know, his pull because so he must be like he is the biggest that pull that pull factors into his contract negotiation there's going to be an announcement today he's on United social media accounts that there's this teaser of him where he appears from the shadows and it says the 8th of August 2023 so that's mm. today something's coming he's not announcing another game of Dublin isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he he's might saying, play in this so, so they've made amends yeah. but like oh, like oh, he's a complete commercial outlet look look. also uh, Dan Fergus Kyo in the comments there has a uh, bone to pick with you about your amber choices Arsenal won their game why orange and Ireland B won their game comfortably why orange utter nonsense now you had a point to prove about because we were saying maybe Arsenal and Green but you were like no 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 well, like, I mean, let's take let's take this to the performance rankings are based in a traffic light, right? Uh-huh. And it's in the context of where they're going in the context of their goal this season. Are you saying that they've sped on through now? Like they're on you go, you are ready, like you are you are off to go. Well, it's, when, it's when amber, you're still waiting. When it's too, we're still waiting when it's to too judge. late to break and the lights are at amber, you yeah. go through. And that's Arsenal. They've won the community shield. Well, they beat the well, travel winners. You need, you need a light green or something here, you know. But or if it's whatever. Too the break it's actually dangerous. Yeah, to stop. Yeah, we're not advocating this people is, do that. Ridiculous. But a lot of I'm saying is, Fergus, no, I don't think uh, green for me are like competitive wins. Not. Uh, I know, but it's not their fault that it's not a competitive well, game. Yeah, they like, won the game. I know, but like. Do you know what I mean? Now, it's, 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 hang on, if they hit green this week, then what? where do they go if they win their like five league oh, games? Like, you know, the performance rankings is the day of itself. Like, it's not an overall. There's better greens. We've got greens. If you're, you're, they're, they're good greens. They're like, greens. If you're waking up groggy at three minutes to eight after Bank Holly weekend and you're listening to two lads on about like whether it should be green or amber, eh? Well, sure, that's the whole slot. Like, what? What? Go ahead. So the one thing as well the injury time at the end of Favs we, we, we will discuss that later on yeah, but we'll, let's, let's mention it just very briefly Arsenal equalised in the 11th minute yeah. of 13 added on if they continue that like you said beforehand players going to go mad so, we'll talk about it with me yeah um, we will although I mean it shows that maybe over the years football matches have only ever really been 70 minutes long not no I know long. I know that but didn't like bring it down to 80 minutes don't yeah, be yeah, add, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, too yeah. long like, yeah psychologically um, it's crazy another Simpsons reference really really touching one when the, the Mensa people sort of took over Springfield and they got rid of the green light so it went from red to amber 
so like it traffic like oh so like all traffic went faster <laughs> and Lenny Lenny's at uh, he goes and it goes hammer he goes oh he goes through and he goes oh thank God I made that light and then he goes if only I had somewhere to go <laughs> it's one of these touching moments yeah, um, yeah. speaking Amy of touching moments tr- we are, we have two more to go down yeah we do we have the green well again like you know meaningful wins um, so Cork well I mean as as Colin mentioned like it was a little bit of a massacre on Sunday Rebelette like, it was one of those games where you like you you, you flick over a little bit late. You know, and they're like sort of twenty twenty five, and even then it's like okay, this doesn't, this looks ominous. But Watford missed goal chances, staying touch in the first half. That was the killer. Yeah, um, but like you have Amy O'Connor talking about scoring a hat trick and not realizing she's done it. Yeah, what what an absolute champ! Like oh, that class. is humility. What, that, and How is she from Cork? Like honestly, <laughs> seriously, like. it's genuine. But look, is the, she from Cork? The game, the game could have been different, right? Because <laughs> it was one ninety three points at half time, but Watford had a penalty last point yeah. of the first half, and, and another goal chances as well. Yeah, t- uh, wide top left, and she doesn't miss these things. So that was the turning point. But yeah. A hat trick in two minutes, like yeah. unbelievable. Just um, like, yeah, you know, fucking memories of Robbie Fowler four minutes 35 against Arsenal back in the day. Yeah, um, no, I like, I mean, he definitely, I don't think he was in the zone where he didn't know he'd done it, mm. you know what I mean? Like, and it's just, yeah, like, it's sort of when you, it's the last couple of minutes and it's sort of meandering away and it's sort of like junk time and it's sort of a basketball game where it's just game over. And like, that's not what you want, but I know, like, we've got Sarah Donovan coming up anyway to sort of pick over the sort of details of the game. But to me, it's, I know it's a Cork win, but I think. I think it's the the individual brilliance um, of a sort of a multi-talented sort of sports person as well as we spoke about last we're gonna, week. So. We're going to hear from Amy as well uh, around the time here from Sarah Dunn. Yeah. Very, very brief though. I'm watching the Sunday game highlights last night. Camogie could be really marketable. I, I'm telling you because like it's gotten a lot more physical as well and it's it's fast um, it's clearly improving skillfully wise and if you brought like f- fair enough a hurling camogie whatever but if you brought like a tourist to a good camogie game in Crow Park with the atmosphere on Sunday that's a lot closer people would be like this is this is something like it's re I don't know I, 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 I was actually um, texting Noel Connors last night because he was on the show last week and um, I was like this this is because it's funny from East Galway, from where I'm from, it's like all ladies football. Camogie doesn't really feature, but you're watching it. So you're watching every now and then. You're like, Jesus, if, if you could sell this game a bit more. I don't know. I, it's well, the same as Harlan, I suppose. Dan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's just so condensed as well. It's like. But I don't think when, we've when, heard. When, when we've been talking about Camogie and uh, the performance rankings this year, it's been about protests and it's not really been about the yeah. game itself. Like, uh, off you know the I mean? top of my head, at home, we don't have a Camogie team. Well, we have a very good hurling team. We have a very yeah. good ladies' football team. We don't have a Camogie team. Yeah, look, the, off the top of my head. Women's getting football is, is ahead of Camogie in terms mm. of marketing for sure. And you're right, like, there's a serious game there that's been left behind, but it seems like there's only so much room for certain people or for some people to actually get on board with this. There was over 30,000 at Crow Park. Mm. The, 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 the Cork like, victory is, is not good in some respects. No, the, the, the margin of victory when mm. people look, the worry is people looking at it and be like, oh, mm. sure, look. But, it's, but, uh, but Waterford appearing in their first final since 1945, yeah. never won it before. Yeah. And then Great you watch support, the majesty like. of that hat trick, like, and then the, and the, even the penalty miss in the last puck of the first half, like, there was drama in the game. But if you're looking at the result, you're thinking, Asher, oh, sure, geez, what's the point in that? But the game itself, like you said, was actually entertaining in spells. Uh, Alan Quinlan is waiting patiently. So we have finally, Dan, our new favourite Irish team, basically. Well, yeah, there's always these uh, phases of a team being in vogue like you had Preston and Stoke and Burnley and Burnley have a good contingent but I think Southampton is going to be one this year so they were playing Friday night against Sheffield Wednesday and Gavin Bazuna Will Smallbone and Ryan Manning all started so Bazuna not a great surprise to me he's like retained his place or he's regained his place uh, under a new manager Russell Martin Smallbone there was talk of him going out again maybe leaving Southampton but he was in there played the full 90 minutes and Ryan Manning who's 
basically he's moved from Swansea he's with Russell Martin again um, now it looks is it again like Sheffield Wednesday have come up you know, and and Southampton are coming down, and there's still like Premier League quality there. Like Ward Prowse, will he go? Mm. Will he stay? We'll see. But the last couple of minutes, they were very comfortable. Smallbone was involved, keeping the ball, like just really, really involved, sort of metronomic, and how he, sort of his presence in the match. Um, Manning looks like he's going to play all the time, and Bazunu might be a good thing for him just to have the experience of winning games, sort of week on week, and. Uh, yeah, I, I think financially they may still have to lose a couple of players and I'm not sure if they're going to be up there all season but I think there's a f- very strong chance they will be. I think like for three players who, you know, okay, Manning, him and Stephen Kenny, it just hasn't been a, an easy union but you'd imagine there's a fair old chance of him being involved in the autumn um, and yeah, I think for Bazuno and Smallbone it's just great to see them involved. Where's the, the, yeah. In a, in a team that will be... They pass the ball a lot. They they, 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 like the last couple of minutes it was like keep ball stuff and Smallbone mm. was just everywhere you know, just mm. taking very simple sort of five yard passes. And I think they're playing four at the back of this because Russell yeah. Martin was a real treat at the back last Yeah, year. I think they probably have the versatility. Manning is quite versatile as well but... Um, it's you know, funny though Dan, watching him when he was a number 10 at Goal United, the idea of him playing left back left centre back really? bonkers like he was a complete yeah. number 10 but in fairness to him where is the left back debate in Ireland now because yeah. obviously like McLean is kind of edging away from it well yeah he's gone to Wrexham and you'd imagine probably been in League 2 I mean McLean's got to 100 caps now which was a big landmark so we'll see where he stands and Stevens has got is back to Stoke now and mm. is back playing as well um, so you sort of can't forget him he was involved the weekend then Callum O'Dowda got the shirt and was terrible in Greece like really terrible and you know so it probably is up for grabs for someone um, to take ownership of the situation and, and maybe you know Manning at Southampton could be the thing that you know properly sort of propels him forward but I think it's um, I think it's wide open we should mention Adam Ida as well scored the winning goal for Norwich and what the, 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 the delight on the Corkman's yeah, face yeah like he needed like he didn't start but then he you know he got got a goal and he needed that and Shane Duffy back playing as well mm. one of the better absolutely half stories. Aaron Connolly yes what did you make of that because he sort of said I love the kid afterwards I think he does though yeah. Aaron Connolly divisive figure but I think Duffy and Connolly have seen a bit of social media stuff before to suggest that they you know, there was a sort of a big brother thing at Brighton going on. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, like the the weekend it was, I suppose, with the, the EFL being back, um, there was at least some, some positive Irish involvement. What is the um, general sort of expectation in the championship this season then um, started obviously a week earlier who are you, who are you fancying you, you, you know people like doing those there's actually great like little wager to the start of the season where you back like a, a winner or a team get promoted but well, you look last year like the, the teams who went down last year I mean the parachute payments have still created a situation mm-hmm. where you should be strong I mean Leeds were unconvincing um, yesterday got Leicester you'd imagine Leicester would be very strong if they keep hold of their um, they're stronger players like Jewsbury Hall was excellent the weekend um, but there's new management at these clubs as well so it's sort of harder to glean who's actually going to be the, the rising force outside it like Watch Norwich Norwich would be sort of half interesting with uh, David Wagner there now because um, I suppose I don't know I, you still feel when it comes to the crunch though Leicester and Leeds and Southampton won't be a million miles away there's nothing you know nothing revolutionary about stating that I think that's going to be the case but uh, it was a great division last year the championship from, from top to bottom was very very congested and very tight and I think it'll probably be more the same What do you prefer watching the championship or the Premier League? I mean I prefer watching the Premier League but if there's a two games like, on side to side and it's like Southampton and Stoke on one side and a Premier League game with no Irish players involved on the other side I'll watch Southampton and Stoke but that's just my personal interest 
OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.